Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Yat Shalom. We're now on Masachat Shabbat of Kuf Nun Vav Amud Bet, and this will be our final podcast of Masachat Shabbat. Uh, the uh, final Mishnah, uh, the second final Mishnah, We're allowed to cut up gourds in front of an animal. We saw this referenced already. Or an animal that died. You can cut it up for dogs on Shabbat. Rabbi Yehuda, as his shita about Muktzeh, says that if it was not dead before Shabbat, then you can't cut it up because it was not prepared before Shabbat. Okay, Itmar. Amar Ula Halacha Ke Rabbi Yehuda. Now, the whole discussion of Rabbi Yehuda versus Rabbi Shimon and Muktzeh, Ula sides with Rabbi Yehuda. The Afarav Savar Halacha Rabbi Yehuda. Rav agrees. How do we know? Because we have this machloket between, a machloket between Rav and Shmuel, uh, that if you have, um, mats that are made for boats to cover up like, uh, cargo, um, you are not allowed to use them on Shabbat, according to Rav. Shmuel does permit it, as we will see in a moment. Shmuel agrees with Rabbi Shimon. Levi agrees that If they brought him an animal that might have been a trefa, he would not look at it to see if it really was a trefa, unless it was sitting in the dung, because uh, if it turned out to be an ash, uh, a tre- trefa, he could leave it there. Okay. In the meantime, though, I won't be fit even for dogs, because he holds a Yehuda. Now, according to some versions that was already mentioned above, if you have Zi'iri Shimon, how do we know Zi'iri holds that way? We know that Shmuel holds that way because of his position on the mats. Uh, if an animal drops dead, you can't move it on Shabbat. And Ziri said that's only if it's Kodshim. If it's Chulin, you could move it, which means he holds like Roshimon in Muktzah. Rabbi Yochanan agrees. And we're going to come up with the oldest challenge to Rabbi Yochanan that we've seen. Rabbi Yochanan follows a Stam Mishnah. And the Mishnah says, You're not allowed to take beams and cut them into wood on Yom Tov. Or a beam that already broke on Yom Tov, you can't use it. And that's a Stam Mishnah. And therefore Rabbi Yochanan should accept it and therefore rule like Rabbi Yehuda. He holds that that Mishnah is not a Stam Mishnah. His version had Rabbi Yosef Yehuda as the author. Okay, Toshma, we have a uh, a bright Matchilin Barimata Tevin Avaloba Eitzim you're allowed to, you're allowed to, uh, address immediately a pile of grain, but not wood that's set out in the muktzah, which sounds like it is Rabbi Yehuda, because wood that's been set aside for something else cannot be taken on Yom Tov. The answer is Hatam Ba'arze Vashuche. That's talking about cedars and other kinds of special wood. It's Muktzah Machmar Chisarn Kis. That's Muktzah Machmar Chisarn Kis. That's not the standard muktzah. I'm sure you to disagree about where it's not in your mind before Yom Tov, but it's because this is very special stuff that's going to be used for expensive uses, and you don't, and therefore it's inaccessible for anything else. And that, agrees that the last Mishnah Beitzah, you're not allowed to give food or shecht wild animals, meaning undomesticated animals that come into your property in Yom Tov. But you are allowed to feed and take care of, or shech, the ones that are domestic. 
And that is a Stam Mishnah, and that seems to support Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yochanan Stam Achrinashgach. The answer is that Rabbi Yochanan has a different Stam that trumps that one, which we had earlier in Shabbat in the 21st parak. But Shamayom Rim Magbihin Me'al Shochan Atzamotu Klipin Ritilomim Masalek Tativla Kula Umena Arat. So, according to that read of the Mishnah, Be'cham may oddly enough permit us to move uh, bones and uh, and leavings uh, from the table and peels. But Hillel says, no, you have to pick up the tablet and the table, the the tray that it's on, and and flip it off. But of course, from the Mishnah is flipped, and Beit Hillel holds like Rabbi Shimon, and Beit Hillel makes it like a Stam Mishnah, and therefore Rabbi Yochanan relies on that. Okay, we hold like Rabbi Shimon throughout Shabbat about Muktzah. Except for when something is out of bounds because it's so disgusting, then we hold like Rabbi Yehuda. That means a potter, a, a klicheres that was used as a candle on some previous Shabbat <coughs> is uh, gross and, and, and smelly, and therefore it's muktza. The other said, there, and you're allowed to move it. What's that? If you have a nair that was lit on that Shabbat, it already went out, now it's Muktzamachmat Isur, that particular Muktzamachmat Isur, not Klishamalachtal Isur, but because it was used for something that's Asur on Shabbat, on that Shabbat, then we accept Rabbi Yehuda. When it comes to Chisar and Kis, even Rabbi Shimon agreed to Muktza. Did not. We have the famous Mishnah in the 17th parak. All killing may be moved except for that big saw or the plug of the plow. These are Muktza, Machmat, Chisar and Kis, and Rabbi Shimon could certainly sign on to that. Okay, the last Mishnah is a sort of a miscellany about Tzorach Shabbat, meaning things that you need to do which are need of, need of Shabbat. One quick introduction. If a person takes a neder, then they could at any time, meaning a day later, an hour later, or a month later, or a year later, go to a Chacham, or go to a Beitin, <coughs> and have it released through the proper mechanism of Atarat and Darim, and that's something we'll discuss in Darim. However, if a uh, girl... Uh, who is uh, the daughter of a man or a girl who, a woman who is the wife of a man makes a neder and he hears about it, he has either the rest of that day or 24 full hours from when he hears about it to repudiate the neder, to reject it and say, I, I'm made for the neder. All right, let's see. Which means go to Chacham or Beitin. That's only things that <coughs> like a woman took a neder not to drink wine, and now she wants to drink wine on Shabbat. Or a person did. We had the machloket earlier between Rabbi Yehuda and Chachamim about putting the plug into the window. We're allowed to. You're allowed to measure a cloth. We'll see why these things are together. You're allowed to measure a mikvah, which means you're allowed, as we'll see, all these things, Litzarach Mitzvah. You're allowed to do these measurements and these movements if it's Litzarach Mitzvah. So this goes back to the times of the Mikdash. They plugged up the window with a klicheres, and they tied a, um, they used a, a reed to tie a uh, kli, to see if a particular pot had a tefach's width of opening. We'll see what that's all about. It's all a question of tumah. That's how we learn from their behavior that you could do those things on Shabbat. 
Okay, so the first question is about Nedarim. Does the Mishnah distinguish and say Hafara could be done whether or not it's L'Torach Shabbat or not? And the reason would be because the clock is ticking. But She'elat Nedar is only L'Torach Shabbat because otherwise you wait till after Shabbat. That's why the Mishnah divided them and didn't say Mefirin V'Sho'alin but rather Mefirin Dam Shabbat Bin Shalim Dam Shabbat. Perhaps hafara also is only for something that's l'tzorach. The reason they're separated is because they work. The mechanics of them work differently. darim is done just at home by the father or the husband. So let's see. Toshmanatani zuti rav papa. Uh, he taught, You're allowed to be mefer only for Tzorah HaShabbat. The implication is, Tzorah HaShabbat in, Shalom Tzorah HaShabbat lo. So if it's not something that's Tzorah HaShabbat, then you cannot, um, you cannot be Shoah. Uh, we have another version of this. Ibayalu, the question was asked, Tzorah HaTavayuktani, is Tzorah going on both of them? And you can never be mefer or nishal if it's not l'tzorach haShabbat. Alma late. That would teach you that a fart nadarim gives you full twenty-four hours. So she took the nether, let's say late Friday night or early Shabbos morning. You have twenty-four hours. Do it after Shabbat. Perhaps l'tzorach is only about sheila. Maybe even shalol l'tzorach Shabbat, which would then teach me alma farndoim kolayom. Hafarim is only that day. If she took the nether Shabbos morning, you only have till the end of Shabbat. So any nether you have to be able to mefer because otherwise the clock's going to run out. <coughs> so let's see. Toshman Tani Rav Zuti Tevera Papi. What do we saw? Mefer in Dem Shabbat. The Tzorach Shabbat. You're only allowed to be mefer the Tzorach Shabbat. Tzorach Shabbat. In Shalat Tzorach Shabbat. Lo. If it's not the Tzorach Shabbat, you can't be mefer. Alma. What do we see from there? Hafarat Nedarim made late. Hafarat Nedarim is twenty-four hours, not the end of the day, and you get and therefore. You, if it's not L'Torach, you can wait till after Shabbat to Mayfair. That assumes, of course, you took the net before Shabbat. On Shabbat, if you took the net before Shabbat, you should have done it then, meaning if you heard about it then. You get the clock ticks from when you hear about it, not when she took the net. We have a Mishnah in the Darim that says, Hafrat Darim is all day. That could be a cooler or chumra. If she took the net Friday night, you have almost 24 hours. If she took a netter at the end of Shabbat, you have maybe five minutes. Because the day runs out. So how could we rule that if the rule is that you only have till the end of the day, which would mean Shabbat, the answer is Tanoihi. It's Machloka Tanaim about that exact issue. Made late, you get 24 hours. Okay, we said Nishalim Nindarim. When you say Nishalim Nindarim, is that when you didn't have time on Friday? Or even if you did have time, but didn't do the Shalat Neder, can you do it on Shabbat? Toshmadas, the Kiko Lerabon, the Arzutra, the Arzutra, Bereder of Zera. He had a neder, and they came along on Shabbat to help him be shoel. He had time on Friday, didn't do it, which means that's not a consideration. Okay, the story at the end of the Mishnah, Shpakuta Maor, etc. Yudamaravi explains what was going on. Hilkatik Tana, there was a little alleyway, between two houses. Tumai Tasham, there was a corpse out in the alley. 
There was a pot that was over the dead body, and it had a hole in it. And the issue is as follows. If the hole is a tefach, then the tumah goes straight up, but doesn't radiate out. If the tumah, if the hole is less, then it radiates out. So therefore, pakota ma'or, they closed up the window to make sure the tumah wouldn't come in, to check. Then they tied a klicheres onto a reed and lowered it to see if it would go through the hole to see how wide the hole was. That's the background. Okay, the end of the Mishnah says, Story, Ula Ikla Leveresh Kaluta. Ula came to the Reish Kaluta's house. He was sitting in a bathtub, but Kamashachle was measuring it. The Mishnah don't talk about a case where you're measuring for a mitzvah, like a mikvah. Since when do they say you could just measure things on Shabbat that aren't for Tzorach Mitzvah? So he said, you're right, I wasn't paying attention, and uh, and therefore, indeed, I shouldn't be doing that, but I was just doing it sort of uh, inadvertently. Uh, in, in, we have Baruch Hashem completed our study of Masachat Shabbat. Yishakoach to all of those who have studied together. Everybody should celebrate properly this uh, monumental achievement of completing Masachat Shabbat. In the next podcast, we will begin with Masachat Eruvin, which is really the second part of Masachat Shabbat. Uh,